game described by two ugly gentlemen glory to columbus who are probably sitting at a soccer bar near you mcbride's in the box a hard cross mcbride scores it's 3-0 united states welcome to bone and bean united happy soccer podcast day what is up i am bone and i am beam Big, big week of soccer here to discuss. Lots of black and gold discussion. Columbus crew talk will be happening on the show today. We've got plenty to get into there. Crew get a nice victory this week in the midweek game. Big one on Sunday. So plenty to talk about there. Uh, But we've also got many other things to discuss. We'll talk about some U.S. men's national teamers. We will talk about another MLS team that has a weird thing with their jersey. Mm Mm-hmm. And Major League Soccer seems to be acting weird about it. And we'll discuss whether it is actually weird or not. Uh, So all that and more coming up. Of course, we are brought to you by Zaftig Italian Village, the premier soccer bar in Columbus. Beamer, how was your week, man? It's been good, man. Been good. Nothing crazy uh, happening. Uh, I'm without without a wife. Meredith has, uh, has left me. To go, Permanently? Up to, to go up to northern Michigan. Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> what a way to break that. I wow. thought you meant she was just out. She was what like, a peace out. I wouldn't blame her if she does you know, <laughs> well, choose to do so. I understand. Same here. Right? Um, so I've been watching. I've been watching the dog all week. It's been me and Theo. We have been, uh, you know, just having bachelor parties every single night. And uh, the good thing is that she high and dried me when he was sick. So I've been cleaning up a lot of dog stuff oh, no. uh, over the past couple oh, of days. Oh, no. Yeah. So, you know, that's been. Uh, that's been a good time, but no, man, kind of getting the feet back under me after vacation and everything. Midsummer, we're here on Fourth of July weekend, uh, playing in a big golf event coming up here this weekend. Thirty-six holes, bone. Uh, that's hopefully, a lot. hopefully, we're going to be dodging raindrops and everything. But no, man, doing well, doing well. Should be a fantastic weekend. What about you? What you got going on? Uh, Other yeah. than the fact that you're wearing a Peterborough United <laughs> shirt, I am. I'm wearing my black and pink Peterborough United shirt. The uh, as I like to call it, the relegation shirt, because mm. unfortunately they did get relegated from uh, Championship down to League One or Legend. Uh, Legend. <laughs> yeah, they didn't get. They did not get relegated to France. I don't even, that wouldn't even be relegation. That would be a promotion, technically, if you went to Legion. Would it really, though? Fair enough. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe not. Either way, this is what I'm wearing today. And in, in, in a supportive brother, Bone, my brother is a big Peterborough United fan. So they're my third division club this year because Sunderland is in the championship. That's so right. So I can root for a team in the third division. It's not Sunderland. Have we settled finally. on your Premier League team for this year? Oh, yes, we have. Oh, yeah, Leeds. Leeds United. That's and right. I got I a beef with Leeds before we go any further. Oh, no, a lead beef. Listen, I need some lead time on a jersey. I'm sorry. It's an English team. A kit. A proper kit, mate. I need to get a Brendan Aronson Leeds United jersey. That is why I'm rooting for your team. That is why I'm paying attention to them this year. That is the whole entirety is my hopes that Brendan Aronson will be really, really good for them and thus translate that to really, really good World Cup stuff. So... I want to support him and them. I want to get the new. I don't want to get the old one because, one, he didn't play in the old one, mm-hmm. right? I want to get the current 2022 season jersey. That's what I want. Not released yet. I see all these other teams putting out, hey, here's our new kit. Here's yep. our second kit. Here's our alternate, alternate kit. And you're here's like, our third kit. Ah, you're right. And I'm like, I just want the main one to be released from Leeds. And I, I actually went on their Twitter and I saw they had posted something about, you know, some other players they've signed or some guys that are at the academy or whatever. 
And every reply is like, release the kit, mate. Where's the kit? Show us the kit. I want them to also put Jesse Marsh's wardrobe for sale on their pro shop. Right. Yes, he's sharp-dressed man. Mm Mm-hmm. That is, I mean, that's, if you're looking for Team America in the Premier League, right? Used to be Fulham for a long time every year. That was your Premier. No, this year, Leeds. You got an American head coach. You got an American player who's hopefully going to be doing good things for them. Let's go. So, Leeds, I need you to get this sorted out. I need to get my Leeds United FC kit on the way because it's going to take six weeks or whatever probably to ship it over here. Hopefully, you'll get it in time for the start of the season. Hopefully, I'll get it in time for the first match between, I think, Leeds and Manchester United is in September. I've already kind of circled that one on the calendar. That's going to be awesome. A possible time to hang. Also, a couple other things to throw out at you. We are hopefully going to be at Zaftig prior to Hell is Real. Yeah. So, uh, if you are trying to make your Hell is Real plans, factor that in. I don't know. Are we doing a live podcast? I have no clue what we're doing. Okay. We're doing I will something. be drinking beer. That's yeah. all I know. We'll be there. We'll be drinking beer. We'll be hanging out. Possibly doing one of these. Possibly not. I don't know. But we'll be there prior to the Hell is Real too game. drunk to talk. That is July 17th. Of course, that should be, barring something unforeseen, the home debut of Cucho Hernandez. Mm. So... That should be a fun weekend here in the city. That I'm should be a lot of good I'm excited to see times. him play, man. I know that he was uh, newsflash again. Soccer podcast day Thursday. Yeah. Uh, Kucha was kind of unveiled uh, last night with the midweek game, the Trillium Cup happening. Uh, went to the stadium. Looked awesome. You know, the reception that he was having in the pub. Uh, crew have a game coming up against Philadelphia. I'm sure that he's going to be there. Uh, he's not available to play because the transfer window that opens up the seventh. I'm anxious to watch him on the ninth. If he's yeah. available yeah. and fully ready to go and visa situation is all ironed out. We hope I saw Pat Murphy tweeting about that. Like there's no worry there. It should be all good. Um, I'm excited that he gets a lead up into the game in which before he goes in front of the home crowd. Yeah. We get like a, a, a to, to use an old, another old British term, a fortnight of cooch mm. because we've got Cucho Hernandez will probably it's my favorite fortnight, right? Friday, again, depending on when you're listening to this, Friday, uh, July 1st will be the debut of him to the media where yeah. I think he gets to answer questions or, you know, all that stuff. Then Sunday he will be at the game, probably, I'm guessing, brought out either before the game or halftime mm-hmm. or both or, I don't know, do everything. So he'll be there for that. And then next Sunday, Sunday or Saturday? Sunday. At, on In Chicago, that will probably be his Saturday. actual MLS debut. And then the following week, we should see him at home at the LDC. So, all right. I mean, it's a big deal. We all know the stakes here. He he is being cast as the key that is going to unlock this entire team. And let's let's see if that could happen because we could talk a little bit about what happened in the Wednesday night game where the crew go up to Toronto. Mm-hmm. I had zero hopes for this game, not because I think Toronto is that great or anything. I know they're not really good either. Because it's a midweek match coming off of a road match against Real Salt Lake and you're on three days rest and you're traveling through international borders on the road where you've struggled this year. Yeah. Uh, struggled pretty much in the entirety of Caleb Porter's tenure here in Columbus. They have struggled on the road. So I did not expect much out of this game. And of course we've been told, you know, they can't score, won't score. Don't have anybody who can score. Cooch is the only hope for that. El Cucho, Cucho Hernandez. I, I can't wait to see him. I hope he does do what they say. But meanwhile, there are other players on this team. And Jason Russell Rowe yep. gets signed by the crew from crew two. So he's been playing with the Capybaras, which is their uh, unofficial nickname, which I really enjoy. But crew two go- doing very good things. If you're not paid attention, they have been winning a lot of games, scoring a lot of goals. So of course the question is you've got the, 
the feeder team, you know, the the second tier team, the junior squad, whatever you want to call it. MLS Next Pro right. League. They are scoring goals left and right. How do you not have any scoring when you've got all these other guys that <laughs> work for your same team that just can't seem to get up to the next level? So they brought him up and he got the has start. Made some substitute appearances, yeah. but this was his first MLS start. And then because he's appeared in a couple games, they either had to send him back down or permanently, you know, sign him to the big club. And now they have. So that's good news that he is now in the fold. But he gets his first start. And what does he do? Two assists. Yeah. Thank God. Looked amazing. <laughs> Looked incredible out there. Like, really, I thought had good spacing. Took up a lot of, occupied a lot of the Toronto defenders' time. Made everybody else have a little bit more opportunity. I thought he was great on the ball. Like, physical. I don't know if he has neck tattoos, but I didn't really get a look <laughs> at his neck. But, yeah, he played a great game. And and he's not the only one, right? I mean, there were... I mean, you could talk about Zawatsky's howler, I mean, of a goal. It just not howler, howitzer of a goal, I guess I'd say. It just fired that one from outside the box. That was great to see. We've heard a lot about Sean Zawadzki possibly being this this guy that could come into the midfield and really do some good things. Well, he did something really good in this game. Uh, anyway, Beamer, thoughts on this game overall, performance, what you saw, anything you liked or didn't like? Yeah, it's just I, it was so frustrating for majority of the season where you can't score goals, right? I mean, it's like, all right, well, obviously you have younger players who are available to you that seem like they would be interested in playing for the big club, AKA Alex Matan. I'd yeah. like to see him get involved as well, but that's a different story for a different day. I know we'll get into that a little bit, um, but to have that opportunity and let's not, you know, Jason Russell Rowe is also a Canadian. Like he did, he did this, did this in front of the home crowd. Like his family, I believe was at this game. How unbelievably cool is that? And so you needed a little bit of an injection. I mean, it's not the same lineup. You can't run out there and think it's going to be different every game. As much as Caleb Porter says, Oh, this game's going to be different. And I can't do anything else. These players are just missing their opportunities. That's what you call seizing the moment right yeah, there. Right. And you just get signed. You have to have a lot of emotions again, going home and doing that in a time where the crew need to stack up some points uh, rather quickly to do that in front of your home crowd. I mean, that was pretty damn awesome. I mean, that was really, really neat. And he became the fifth player in MLS history with two assists in the first half of his first MLS start. David Beckham is on that list. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's pretty great, right? That's a, that's pretty great company to be holding there. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about Sean Zawadzki, too, mm -hmm. because this is a guy that uh, Milos Dejnik, yeah. I saw, had uh, said, like, was this just this past week, I want to say, yeah. he said he's been joking with him ever since he kind of got into the team and said, kept calling him Little Frank Lampard, which, I mean. That's a big name. That's a big <laughs> name, and if he can play like Frank Lampard in any way, shape, or form, you'll take it. But that performance yesterday kind of showed you a lot of what I thought you know, Dejnik was talking about because that's to me, that's, that's the type of performance that you need. If you are going to win an MLS, you need your midfielders to not just be really good at winning the ball mm -hmm. and be really solid defensively. And I know Caleb Porter, he is always going to put more stress on your ability to track back and get back into a defensive shape. than he is your ability to get forward and make things happen offensively. He could care less. I feel like, offensively if you go back and do all your business defensively mm -hmm. you're supposed to do somebody else's job unless you're Miguel Barry in which case then he says I need you to be like I don't know 
like aggressive and <laughs> yeah. attack everything. But whatever. The point is, and Miguel Berry, I, I got to be honest, like yesterday watching that game, he got subbed in and there was a noticeable drop off. Mm-hmm. No offense to Miguel Berry. I like him as a person. He seems like a great dude. He had some big moments last year. So I guess maybe that's the cautionary tale with some of these young players. Let's not just go ahead and put them in the circle of honor quite yet. But that's what I'm, I'm saying. You need a performance like this from some young guys who haven't got a shot for them to come in, play well on the road and give you that spark as you're trying to get to this next step where you add in this, you know, fundamental monumental piece to your roster that should be hopefully uh, presuming some good things. How about Darlington Nagby in there? Uh, just dusting Michael Bradley. How great was that? It happened a few times, man. <laughs> Bradley got shook uh, by Aiden Morris a couple times. I, Aiden Morris was like going at him a lot. Good. And I loved it. I think he was booing him in his ear. Oh, I hope so. I was booing him. My, my kids, they know. We, we, my kids don't watch every MLS game. But whenever that game comes on, they're like, Dad, it's the guy we have to boo. And I'm like, yeah, that's it's it. Michael Bradley. That's how they know him. And that's how they should know him. I don't care what you think <laughs> about his time with the U.S. national team. You boo this man. You keep booing this man. Uh, we will take a break. We'll come back. Talk a little bit more about uh, Alexander Matan. And again, you know, after last night or after this game in the midweek, maybe you don't care as much that he's not playing as much. But I was curious why he has seen such a drop-off. Jacob Myers wrote a good article about that in the dispatch. So we'll talk about that next. A little bit more crew discussion. You're listening to Bone and Beam United, brought to you by Zaftig Italian Village. Now back to Bone and Beam United. Brought to you by Zaftig Italian Village. We are back. And uh, before we go any further, I did want to also bring this up. Uh, because I saw it from the Nordeka and I thought it's a, a very good thing for them to do. We know you're not listening to this for political discussion or political discourse, but quite honestly, everything these days is political. Wearing a mask became a political thing during a pandemic. So there's really no avoiding politics at some level, but I saw that the crew declined to make any type of statement and join the Nordeka in standing with women uh, against the Supreme Court decision. And I, I'm personally disappointed by the crew not being able to do that. We don't have to go into the why. I think if you've listened to me for years or you follow me on Twitter, you may be pretty clear on where I stand on all mm-hmm. this. But uh, I know Beamer and I both, I I, I want to be able to enjoy sports. Yeah. I want to be able to feel good about the, the things that I root for and support. And I know a lot of people who work for the crew do support the things that we all believe in and support. But here's the reality. The Nordeka, I think, did a very good job standing up and saying, we asked to do this. The crew declined. Other MLS teams did not. They joined their supporters groups in denouncing this. So the Nordeka, instead of like just saying, we're not going to games. Because I trust me, I've felt that way about teams before. I understand that feeling. The reality is, I get why the Nordeka is saying, well, we don't want to just not support the guys on the field. We don't want to just leave. It's not their fault, right? So they're going to go to games, but they're saying we're not going to spend as much money on merchandise, beer, things like that. I think that's a reasonable solution. If you disagree with something, you're just even in general, if you disagree with something your team's doing, you know, the the same ownership group owns the Browns, Sean Watson. If you're someone who goes to Browns games all the time and you've been a season ticket holder for 20 years and your family goes, and it's a good thing that you do, even if the team sucks, you still like going, I get that it would be tough to say, but I really disagree with the Deshaun Watson signing, so I'm going to just never go. Well, that's not fair to you, is it? I mean, at some point, 
maybe there's a happy medium. And I feel like the Nordeka strikes the right tone here. I, I kind of like what they're doing with this. A good way to show dissatisfaction by not spending extra money at these games. What are they doing, by the way? Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> That's good to point out. <laughs> the Nordeka has said no beer, no merchandise. We're not buying stuff in the stadium. So we're going to, we have season tickets. They already paid for them, right? Mm -hmm. Now, some people are also saying, I will cancel my season tickets over this. And I, I respect that too. I, I totally get that as a matter of fact. But maybe you're not there. I do, I like what the Nordeka has basically said is we support the team. We can continue to support the team. We do not have to feel good about giving the people who run this team money. If we don't want to, we're not going to. So I think that's, a, I think that's a reasonable solution. And as someone who has sat in, the Nordeka, before there even was a Nordeka, mm -hmm. I was sitting in the end of the old stadium back in the day. When you went by Smitty. Yes, with a lot of my buddies who still call me that, which is, I and enjoy got into it. bar fights. Not technically. They <laughs> happened around me. I just was, <laughs> oh, okay. I was sitting there sipping my the beer reason? as the mm -hmm. chaos was going on. Yeah, anyway, sure. the point is, I definitely understand that supporters groups tend to engage in political discourse. And they tend to have statements of where they stand on things. That is, you can't expect a group of people to be so passionate about a soccer team or a sporting event. And then when they see other things in their life that they're also passionate about to go, yeah, I'm not going to say anything. That's, that's not how supporters are. I mean, that's just not how people are really, but especially people who spend a lot of money and time and effort to go support a sports team. Then they see something happen that they disagree with. What do you think they're going to do? Not say a word about it. You're crazy. These are people who paint banners when a new player comes in or when they see, you know, a rival team showing up on the field. They do all kinds of things. People when, who go to greet new players at the airport. Yeah. Like you you can't expect passionate people to suddenly not be passionate about things. And I'm glad to see the Nordeka keeping that same energy for things that are important outside of the world of sports. Obviously, lots of things, bigger things are more important than soccer, but Good to see the Nordeka taking a stand on this, and I, I support them fully. I'm with them on this. Yeah, absolutely, man. You said it all. I don't know what else you want me to say. Yeah, no, absolutely right. Um, all right, so let's move on to Alexander Matan. This is a guy who was brought in last year, and when he came in, I think they paid like around $2 million to transfer him in, $1.8 million. It wasn't cheap. Yeah. Uh, Caleb Porter called him explosive, mm. uh, said he was capable of playing on the wing or centrally in the attack. Uh, Jacob Myers did a good job kind of getting into this because I know a lot of crew fans have been wondering what's up with Matan why is he not seeing the field what's happening well Jacob Myers the dispatch went and tried to follow up on this and see what's going on the crew of course prior to this midweek game where they scored two goals and Caleb Porter acted like he'd won the world cup at halftime by scoring two goals in the first two half goals. what else do you want me to say see ya peace. see ya peace see ya Hildebrand I gotta go <laughs> like just peace out get out of here Brett you nerd you <laughs> right talk to me <laughs> It's like Brett Hildebrand did not, I don't think he was coming at you, like Jesus. trying to get you like a gotcha moment. He was just asking like he does every week. How are you feeling about your team's performance? Your thoughts? He was just like, score two goals. What do you want? Haters. Yeah, I guess. Anyway, <laughs> so not just that, but Jacob also pointed out as many fans have Lucas El Rayon, Kevin Molino, Derek Etienne Jr., Yaya Boa all have had, you know, injuries or in case of real salt lake they were all out they could not play and still brought up mo farsi from crew two instead of playing matan so why did that happen well caleb porter said quote always my decisions are based on what i see in the training ground every single day uh he said with mo farsi we were in a position where we felt we wanted a guy who was going to defend really well on that side 
make sure we got some crosses, but also he would be a good, honest defender on the left back who was getting forward quite a bit. And he, a couple other times said, what I see in training is what I see in training. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's where I'm going to leave it. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'd like a little bit more from Caleb Porter on that, but he he probably didn't want to throw Matan under the bus because he's kind of already done that to other players and hasn't gone well. What do you think about all this, Beamer? Like, are I you mean, surprised Matan hasn't seen more of the field? Yeah, anytime I've seen that player, him work. And I, listen, I don't. I'm not at training. I don't. I don't know what goes on behind closed doors. I mean, when they're there uh, getting ready for a game, I don't know what his training aspect looks like. I don't know if he's given 100 percent effort every single day. All I know is that when he's played with crew two and when he's played with the senior team, it seems to be that guy's attitude and effort is through the roof. I can't imagine a player turns it on during the games and just is a you know turd during practice. So th- there's got to be something amiss here, right? I mean, because anytime you anytime you watch him play, his work rate seems to be through the roof. So I, maybe it's a string of fixtures where Caleb doesn't feel like, oh, he's not you know the st- strategic player that we want to implement in this game, but it's been a decently long season already up to this point. You would have thought you would have seen him more. Right. I don't know. It's just, it seems very odd to me. Well, one of the things that I know people knock him for, and to be fair, we're talking about this guy, like he's this great player. He has not scored a goal or an assist for this team. So, and he had a lot of minutes last year, over 700 minutes last year, but that's, what's weird. There were a lot of injuries last year too, that gave him time. Mm-hmm. He, I don't, I, I know the midfield's crowded. you got a lot of guys. Who are you going to take off the field, right, is always the argument. Right. But in a season where you have had injuries and you have had difficulty, maybe it would make more sense to try to get him a little bit more run to see if that development happens. Caleb Porter said his development, you know, it, for young players in general, it's not always linear. It, it goes up, it goes down. You, you have guys that are playing better than maybe th- that they show at times and they suddenly just fall off yeah, and they the come back. Yeah, the peaks and the valleys are higher and lower. But... The reality is I, I would love to have seen this guy get a little bit more run, you know, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes at a time instead of well, you know, my, or, or like a whole half or a whole actual game. He's he had 28 minutes in six games this year. Well, that's what I mean. And if, it, if I he don't know how you're supposed fi- to get in a group at that point, if he hasn't seen the field already this year, then what makes you think that anything is going to change? Know, yeah, right. If, with everybody healthy. And now you've got guys like Sawatsky and not that they all play the same position, sure. but the midfield has a lot of talent in it. And I, when those guys have been injured, I'm surprised Matan didn't get more of a look. Uh, the other thing brought up here was that he was five, six and 135 pounds. Well, you knew that when you brought him in. So is Lionel Messi. He wasn't, he wasn't six, two when you signed him and he shrunk. <laughs> I mean, this is the size he is. So anyway, good reporting by Jacob Myers. I like, I like what he did here and good to see him taking on much some smaller than the first time we met. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Oh, you're Alexander Matan. We were talking to Alejandro Matan. My bad. Different guy. guy. Wrong guy. Yeah. All right. Take a break. When we come back, uh, there is a MLS team that is dealing with a uniform violation, I guess. We'll discuss this because it's kind of weird with Major League Soccer. That's coming up next. You're listening to Bone and Beam United, brought to you by Zaptic Italian Village. What a moment. Now back to Bone and Beam United. Brought to you by Zaftig Italian Village. All right. I'm not usually one to take a stand for the Seattle Sounders football club. I'm not really someone who's going to look at them and go, by all means, they're awesome. I love them so much. Mm -hmm. They're so great for Major League Soccer, even though, yeah, they have been great. They have a lot of talent. They have won a lot of trophies. I personally am jealous and slash hate their face. You know who else hates them? Who? Neighbor Eric. I think most crew fans hate <laughs> Seattle. Yes. I mean, 
don't forget, for those who are like not maybe involved in why there's so much hatred all the time for all these different teams, you can go all the way back to when they first got into MLS. Who was their first head coach? Siggy Schmid. Mm-hmm. When did they get Siggy Schmid? Like the second he won MLS Cup, right after they were trying to get him before the season was over. They had, I mean, by all accounts, from everyone who's ever covered that and was around at that time, pretty much everyone knew there was interest. The crew had not renewed his contract yet in 2008. And Seattle was big time wanting him to go out there. I believe he had a a brother, Siggy Schmidt did, who worked in Seattle at the time too. So he had some interest. If the crew didn't want to make it happen, he was like, fine, this other group wants to pay me. But the point is, the end of it all, the guy who won the first MLS Cup in club history as a coach immediately after the celebrations was out the door and in the next week was doing a you know press conference in Seattle saying he took the job. Yeah. So it kind of sucked from that standpoint. Like Seattle started the ball off by taking one of our best coaches in club history and it's gone from there. So I have no love loss for the Seattle fans, especially the ones who think they invented soccer. They invented soccer culture. The ones <laughs> who want to tell Columbus fans how to do it when a national team games happen, like go to hell. I don't care. But I will say, I think this is very stupid, what is happening with Major League Soccer. And that is always going to be my number one enemy when it comes to soccer in this country. Major League Soccer. Your guy, Don Garber. No, Don is just such Mm -hmm. an idiot. All right. So it appears, this is from Jeremiah Oshane, who writes for Sounder at Heart, which is, you know, the massive report for the Sounders, basically. Oh, yeah. I follow them. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Every, you read every match report, I'm quite sure. Of course. Love them. Yeah. Uh, So... Seattle won the CONCACAF Champions League. Big deal. Huge deal. Hasn't happened very often. In fact, I want to say the last team that did that was DC United. Am I wrong? I think. But that was back when it was. You're asking me? No, I'm not asking you. I'm just trying to remember in my head. I'm sure someone (laughs) will yell at me. Maybe there's one I'm forgetting. But the point is, it doesn't happen very often. DC United, I want to say, won it when it wasn't even called CONCACAF Champions League. It was called something else back in the 90s. They won it. No one else has really been able to do that since. But Seattle did. They're very proud of this. Either way, even if someone's won it like last year and I just forgot. You know what? They should be proud of it. It's an unbelievable it's a accomplishment. Huge accomplishment. It's great. Yes. So, yeah, in either case, um, they are going to be wearing this patch uh, that says it's a gold patch that says CONCACAF champions, like the Champions League champions, yeah. however you want to phrase that. So they're going to wear this patch for their game against Portland on July 9th. They are also going to have a celebration of that championship at that time. This will be affixed to their jerseys. You can go get it. If you're a Sounders fan, you can go get it for $12 at the team shop. They'll put one on whatever jersey you have, Mm -hmm. you know, to make it look official and cool and all that. Fine. However, the players said, we'd like to wear this the rest of the season because we're pretty proud of this accomplishment as they should be. Yeah. Uh, Apparently, according to the Sounders chief revenue and marketing officer, Taylor Graham, he said, quote, we spent a lot of time talking to the team side and what their approach was. This was driven by them. The team's preference was to wear it for every single MLS match from July 9th on. And that's not the outcome we got. So it sounds like major league soccer officials basically said, no, you can wear it for a game, but this is MLS. You don't wear this during MLS play. We don't care that you won champions league more or less, which seems stupid of them to not care that they want it. Considering that's the most high profile tournament that we have here in this region of the world. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't understand why MLS wouldn't want to highlight that Correct. to everyone else to say, yeah, that champion is here. For a guy who is so worried about business metrics and Dong Arbor. <laughs> you would think, right? And yeah. you would think you'd want to. He's the one who said, not us. We didn't come up with this. 
Years ago, he said he wanted to get MLS to be a top five league in the world. What's the cup that we play in? Uh, which one? The, what do you mean? The one that we played last year. Open uh, cup? No, not open cup. It's a literally, it's a one-off game that MLS oh, and that Don thing. Garber yes, created. That, What's that, that called? Oh, I forget. The one that the crew just won. Yes. Whatever that's called. That stupid <laughs> thing where they play as a one-off game. Right. I don't remember, actually. It's where the champions of Mexico play the champions of MLS. Yes. That game. Whatever that's called. Yeah. Like, he created that. That's his baby, right? Yes. If the crew were to say, we want to wear patches to symbolize we're the champions of that, do you think that he would allow that to happen since that was his baby and his Maybe, idea? Maybe. I, I don't know. It's the Campionis Cup uh, is what yes. we're thinking of. Okay, Campionis Cup, of course. So, so near and dear to our hearts. Such a big deal. I will say this, though. So, you know, watching, like, European soccer and watching different leagues that they play in, like Champions League, of course, like, all right, that's CONCACAF Champions League, UEFA Champions League. So when the European teams are participating in Champions League, they all wear the patch. They all wear the Champions League patch, right? And so when they go into the final, all the jerseys are done up, says the final date and everything. Um, and then whoever wins, whoever wins the Champions League gets an extra patch that they wear during Champions League. Shows how many trophies that you have. It's got a number right there. It looks pretty sweet. Yeah. But when they play in the Premier League, uh, they do not have those patches. Now, remember a couple of years ago, there's special jerseys that come out. Usually there's like a gold strip or something that symbolizes that you're the champions of the Premier League uh, compared to whatever. So I don't know. I mean, it doesn't seem like England does this either. Because right? I can't remember when Liverpool won the Champions League a couple of years ago. Chelsea won the Champions League last year. I don't think that they have those patches on their jersey symbolizing that they're Champions League champs either. No. I think it's the only the Premier League patch that you get when you're playing in Premier League games. Yeah, and two thoughts on that. One, the Champions League, they do wear that patch, though, during Champions League play Correct. when they are the defending champion. Yeah, also and, any, oh, Just any team. All yeah, the yeah. teams wear them. Well, yeah, yeah, but you also get to wear, like, a special Champions one yes. when you're the champion defending going back in, you right? Get the, yeah, you get the trophy on the opposite arm of yes. the Champions League patch. That's right. So that is something you're guaranteed to wear because you're guaranteed to be in the next Champions League mm -hmm. if you win it the year before. CONCACAF Champions League, you are not guaranteed that the Sounders will get to ever play in next year's Champions League for CONCACAF. That seems dumb. That is dumb. But also, that means they're not guaranteed to wear this patch other than the one-off game they're getting to wear at NMLS. So, if you're going to let them wear it for one game, why not just, who right, cares? Let them right. wear it for the rest of the year. But that And that is my larger point is, good for Europe for not doing that. Who gives a, like, who gives <laughs> yeah, a bleep? Right. I almost, I, I almost, I almost swore. But like that. We're on the radio, Bob. I know, I forgot. I don't care, though. Honestly, I don't care. Like, so good for Europe that that's the way they do it. Good for England, that's the way they do it. Also, though, Chelsea, I believe because they were the FIFA Club World mm -hmm. Cup champions, and they wore something with that on it, I think, every match this year that signified that. I'm pretty sure on the middle of their jersey, I think they had something on there. So, like, you, you're you allowed... I don't know if there's rules. I, I really don't know the rules. I mean, you know what? I guess if you think the Sounders are going to go win the Club World Cup, yeah. then maybe you want to leave that spot open so you can put the... Because they have it in the center of the jersey. I, I don't know, man. Put it on the arm. Put it somewhere. It seems to me just dumb that Major League Soccer would not want to highlight this huge win for them as much as I can't stand Seattle. And I personally think it's hilarious that they can't wear this dumb patch. and They're all mad about it. Let's go revisionist history. I mean, if, if Liverpool were to beat Real Madrid in the Champions League or if they were to win the FA Cup and if they were to win the league, 
Where all three of the patches? Yeah, wear them all. I don't care. Make your whole. You you have a name of. You're gonna have like the name of a betting company on your <laughs> front of your jersey, or like Chevrolet, or who knows. Every single year, you have a sponsor on the front of your jersey. Put a trophy on the front of your jersey too. I, I'm glad. I wish they. Last thing I'll say on this: MLS used to do the Scudetto, mm-hmm. like they do in yeah. Italy, where you get the trophy on your jersey for a year. That looked cool as hell, and then they took it away Dumb. and said, "No, we're not doing that anymore." Dumb. Should bring it back. Anyway, all right. Take a break. Come back. We will talk more about Europe, but Americans in Europe, because there are a few American players who are trying to get some more time and might be playing different places next time we see them. We'll talk about that next. It's Bona Beam United brought to you by Zaftig Italian Village. to you by Zaftig Italian Village. Let's talk U.S. soccer. Uh, we obviously have the U.S. men's national team getting ready for the World Cup later this fall. We will be talking a lot about that here. We will be doing World Cup preview podcasts, daily World Cup updates. I mean, it's going to be a lot. So <laughs> get your soccer earballs ready. Yeah. <laughs> soccer earballs. I like it. That's good. Uh, let's talk about a guy who used to play in Columbus who has... Uh, had a bit of a, a, not weird, but a bit of a time over in England, right? Zach Steffen transferred to Manchester City, mm-hmm. and he's had some moments that have not been great, right? He's had a couple of really big blunders in games. If one we're in the honest. Carabao Cup final. Yeah, that, that one was, that one was pretty painful was to watch. The FA Cup? No, it was Carabao Cup. I think it was Carabao Cup. Yeah. Um, but so, of course, not that he's a bad goalkeeper by any stretch, but you can tell he's not playing at top form right now and, that was the thing we were all worried about. Yep. Go there. You don't get a ton of minutes. Suddenly yep. you get thrown in. And if you're not just playing. Oh, it seems like a great idea to go play for Manchester City. Yeah. Yeah. It does. So, unless you're not playing. Well, there is a, a I think there's a, a pathway to some hopefulness for him as far as possibly getting the nod in, in Cutter because they still have to figure out who's going to be the number one for this team. And I'm not saying that Matt Turner, I think he is. Right now, the number one for this team, Matt Turner is. But unfortunately, he's going to be going to Arsenal. I mean, same, same for, situation. Fortunately for him, but he will not be starting and getting regular minutes for that team. Now it has come out that apparently Zach Steffen is expected to join Middlesbrough on loan through this season. That now, now Borough are a championship level team. Yep. ESPN is reporting this. Other people have been reporting it too. So. He's been the backup the last couple of years. Now he's going to be able to finally get a chance to go play week in, week out. You would assume they're not, I, I don't, I'm guessing this is motivated by him and his agent. And obviously Manchester city probably wants to keep their investment sure. in him. Good. And I saw they went out and signed another goalkeeper as well. So it appears this is all but done because mm-hmm. they're not bringing another backup unless they think he's not going to be the backup. But I'm guessing this was motivated not so much by, hey, we don't like you. We're going to get another backup. We want you to get play. More of it is he wants to play. They want him to play all of that. So this could bode well for him if he's playing week in, week out, and Matt Turner's riding the pine. This might bode well that Zach Steffen actually gets the nod, which I know it's presumed that's going to be Burhalter's preference anyway, given it was his former player in Columbus. But Mm -hmm. certainly there's an affinity for Zach Steffen by Greg Burhalter. If he's playing regular minutes and Matt Turner isn't, 
it's going to make a, a very interesting decision. Well, sure it is. I mean, that's the biggest thing, I think, in the lead-up to the World Cup. <laughs> who, are, who are you going to play, right? I mean, you talk about midfield combos and striker and attackers, all we want. Like, you need to figure out who your starting goalkeeper is going to be as we are now three – nope, that's wrong. Math's bad. Four months away from the World Cup starting. We're four months away from that, all yeah. right? And yeah. we're a half of a season away – from really getting to go. I mean, the U.S. only has two games remaining in their friendly run-up before we're going to see them in Qatar for the World Cup. So I think more playtime for Stefan is great. Again, Matt Turner's been playing great. He's been playing fantastic, but he goes over to Arsenal. That's going to be interesting to watch, see unfold. Can you compete for that uh, when that season gets underway here uh, in August? But I think it's a great move for Zach Stefan. He needs consistent playtime, and it's obvious that he's not going to get it at City. He needs to go somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah, totally agreed. Now, the other thing that's interesting here is uh so you've got you've got a few other, you know, players here that you have to think about cuz like we talked about Matt Turner that whole situation with Arsenal, but Nottingham Forest, Ethan Horvath is there. Mm-hmm. So, if he's going to be the primary keeper there, then that means he's going to be getting some regular minutes too, and we'll find out. Like this is this is going to be very interesting with who's going to play keeper for this team when it comes to it in the World Cup. Uh, if you're wondering, well, wait, does Middlesbrough have a guy already and Zach Steffen? No. Uh, Joe Lumley, who was their primary goalkeeper last year, he has been transferred uh, on a season-long loan, rather, to Reading. So not no. a factor. So they they are clearing the way for Steffen to be their starting keeper at Middlesbrough. So Yet another reason to watch championship this year. Yeah. If you're wanting to get into the championship and you're looking for a team to watch, I mean, there's a guy with ties to Columbus. There's obviously a guy with huge implications for the national team. So there's another team you could watch in the championship, which should be a lot of fun, along with my Sunderland, Mm -hmm. along with Watford, my former team in the Premier League that's now down (laughs) there. And I fortunately banished them there with my love of them last yeah, year just like so. you're going to do with Leeds. I'm also speaking Leeds. of Leeds, i know we talked about your inability to get a brendan aronson shirt yeah. uh there are some more reports too that tyler adams could be heading to Leeds. <sighs> team america yeah heading over from Leipzig. F- and yeah. again this is my Let's favorite part it. of the year soccer season uh especially over in europe i mean all the rumors that are flying around are crazy it seems like um I don't know. Jesse Marsh interested in getting Tyler Adams as well. So that'll be fascinating. And then, of course, the transfer saga with Christian Pulisic and Chelsea. Is well, he going to be a blue next they year? Are, they are saying that uh, the Italian giants Juventus yep. are interested. And that's certainly something to keep an eye on. Because, again, I, I, I'm I, not saying that Pulisic can't hang in the Premier League. I definitely think he can. I also think a lot of that comes down to what your coach sees you as and what Thomas Tuchel values him as, as a player. Well, I think his dad kind of burned the bridge with his tweet that he put out a couple yeah. months ago. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's at some point, clearly never tweet, never tweet, never. No. Well, never tweet, but especially not like if you're not, if you're not paid for your opinions, <laughs> like you and I tweet, cause we kind of do this for a living, but like, if you're just a dad of like a really famous soccer player, you probably don't need to be on social media. Probably not. If you're a parent of anybody that's got something else going on, just let them do their thing. Try not to try to stay out of their way. But in either case, going to Juventus would be very interesting. I think he would flourish in Italy. I think he would, his game would fit really well there. Can so, I interest you in a Weston McKinney, Christian Pulisic one, two combo over in Italy? Is, is Weston staying with Juventus? I can't remember. I don't know. The There's so many rumors about him flying. Yeah. Maybe Chelsea will be interested in him. Um, so, Apparently rumored what's going on 
since Chelsea lost Rudiger this past year and he heads to Real Madrid, they're looking for a new center back. And apparently the price tag that Juventus have put on Mathista List um, is way above board. So it would be cash plus Pulisic in return for wow. Delict. Man, that's crazy to think that a guy you would pay $60 million to transfer in, you would now do cash and that player yeah. for another player. Like, but again, it's, that's the world of soccer. It's how it goes. So, all right. Well, I mean, again, lots of silly season. We will continue to keep you up to date on that. And Manchester United still have not signed a player. <laughs> what is up with your team, man? We stink. We could spend, you know what? Maybe the next episode, we spend a whole hour just on like how dumb they are. Yeah. But it's going to be Robin Williams and Matt Damon from Goodwill Hunting. It's not <laughs> your fault. That's right. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. That's it. All right. That's it for us as well. Thank you for listening. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Bone Beam United. And if you're listening on the radio, check out Bone and Beam United on any of the places you get podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. You can find us there. We will see you next week.